But welcome to the Saturation Podcast, where we have discussions with church leaders about the life of faith and the mission of the church. This is our maiden voyage. This is our first ever episode. Uh, I'm Levi Pancake. I'm a local church pastor in Syracuse, New York, alongside Dr. Dwight Smith. If you'd like more information about some of the things that we are discussing in this episode or other episodes, I'm going to give you two websites you can go to. One is scpglobal.org, or you can go to Dwight's website, dwightpaulsmith.com. All right, so with this one, this episode, I want us to talk about why we have a podcast, why the name Saturation, um, what is Saturation Church Planting, things like that. But before we do anything, I want to introduce you, and I need to make a preliminary statement, a precursor, if you will. And that is that the views and opinions expressed (laughs) by Dr. Dwight Paul Smith are his and his alone. In no way do they reflect my opinions, my local church's opinions, our sponsors' opinions. We don't have any sponsors right now. Um, But Dwight is almost 76, and you can say things as a mature, seasoned uh, church leader, missionary, all of that, that uh, I can't say at 39. And so uh, Dwight is a personal mentor of mine. He's mentored uh, a number of my friends, colleagues, and uh, has had a huge influence with our local church and uh, stuff we're doing around the world. But Dwight, tell us a little bit about you, who you are. Um, you know, give us the Cliff Notes version, the three minutes of a little bit of your experience, and uh, then we'll get into why we started this podcast. I'm uh, married. I've been married almost uh, 56 years this year. I have four kids, 12 grandkids, and uh, have been a local church pastor, president of a mission agency, founder of a a network of churches and agencies working in the uh, former Russian empire when it collapsed and getting at what it might mean to have that access to a, a population of people who were somewhat locked off for many years. And then the founder of Saturation Church Planning International, eh, 30 years ago or so, and have had the privilege of 70 plus countries of the world, uh, working with uh, leaders, helping them think through the big questions. You know, the two biggest questions are, what does God want for your country? What does the Bible say about that? And second, what would it look like if God did what he wanted to do in your nation? trying to get at the concept that access to the gospel is what God's all about. And we're going to get into that. So yep. uh, that's sort of the short one. And what uh, you need more. Uh, and what are you doing these days? Uh, well, you know, um, I'm writing. I do a, my own blog, so I do quite a bit of writing. Uh, several books. There's seven or eight books that are available on, on the website uh, that will lead you to Amazon, but they're there. And uh, we're trying to get those, some of them, into other languages. I think the renovation book, which is uh, one of the key books, is available in, I don't know, 12, 15 languages. So what we'd like to do is be able to influence as many people in the world to think as God thinks about the church and time and eternity and salvation and uh, the people who have come to faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've named this podcast Saturation Podcast. Yeah. And the name of the organization that you founded, yep. you still are the president of, yep. Saturation Church Planting. Right. Um, tell us a bit about Saturation. 
why that word? I know yeah. it's related to evangelization, but right. define some of those terms and what you mean by that outcome. Well, I mean, the more I've thought about it, the word saturation church planting is kind of a little bit of a misnomer, unless you understand what we're, we're actually saying. I was a, a child, you know, of, I mean, conceptually, of a guy by the name of uh, Jim Montgomery, who had developed a concept called Dawn, discipling a whole nation. And the idea was, how do you get a church in access to every man, woman, and child? Um, and the point being, not simply to put a church there, which is why sometimes we can be misunderstood, saturation church planting. Sure. A lot uh, of church planting ne networks. Lot yeah, of let's just plant churches. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, but it can also be a... Um, a cul-de-sac <laughs> yeah. rather than really what we wanted. And so the concept is that what we want to do is get the gospel in access to every man, woman, and child. And the idea of multiple churches all over, one in access, Jim would have said one in every thousand or 1,500 people from experience, especially in the Philippines and Guatemala and El Salvador and some places in Africa, one in access to every man, woman, child, one in every 1,500 people. Uh, so that in my terms, the, the gospel becomes walkable, walkable through people. So saturation church planting has been an effort to ask the question, uh, what are the principles about church leadership and strategy that if they're not there and they are biblical, um, make it difficult to reproduce church and, and equally reproduce the kinds of churches that actually you need. It does no good to have a church on a corner if it's not making an impact in the circle where it lives. Mm -hmm. So saturation church planning evolved from that kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. And why did you feel the need that you needed to start that that organization in particular? There's plenty of missions agencies. There's a lot Loads of churches, a lot of, lot of denominations, a lot yeah. of networks. Loads of them. Uh, but this seems to have, maybe not alone, but a unique emphasis yeah. uh, with a particular outcome, working with church leaders. Yeah. Um, but what compelled you to start this and continue this work um, that can run parallel alongside many other networks, denominations, yeah. et cetera? Well, 30 years ago, the board that I was working with in the agency where I was the president, um, they, many of them were close friends that I'd been a part of for a long time, just simply said, um, you need to be free from the organizational responsibilities of an agency to be able to go out and be a catalyst, a spokesman, a voice for concepts of reformation, you know, things that are not her heretical, but out of focus. So um, they felt compelled that I needed to do that. I agreed with them and began to, to work at that. We are not a mission agency. Um, and a whole lot of reasons we're not a mission agency, but chief of which is we wanna be in the very center of the apostolic nature of the church. Now you need to find apostolic. Yeah, they have different means. Well, to... the word apostle means sent. Mm -hmm. And the word apostolic, which is the book of Acts, is the sending of the church. Yep. Uh, and the sending the mobilization of the... of the people of God. The... And the sending goes forth through leadership. Mm -hmm. So key people uh, being sent by the church, by God, out into the world to represent what he wants done in those places. So we are really a collection of apostolic apostolically inclined kind of people. Uh, we're not apostles in that sense of, of, the, of the New Testament, 
But we are a sent people who try to walk, work in the sending, prophetic, teaching, evangelistic kinds of ways that help the church become more relevant to its nature, not relevant to culture as much as relevant to its nature, so that the way God has built it to multiply becomes natural to it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Uh, my board uh, felt that I'd worked at that for 10 or 12 years and being a child of Jim Montgomery and, dis and discipling a whole nation and Jim had articulate 12, 13, 14 principles that a nation could organize itself around. And But the longer I looked at that, the more I realized that if you can't get the church to understand who it is, mm -hmm. how do you multiply it? And just planting a church doesn't necessarily mean that you reach the people in the place where it's planted. Right. The kind so, of church, the type of church. Yeah. The, what so I've spent 50 doing. years thinking about that nature of church, that nature of leadership that is most conducive with how God created it. It's not a strategy. It's not a method. It's a way of thinking. Yeah, uh, that is biblical, that is natural to God and what he did. And so how do we cooperate with, with that to see it? Uh, do everything that God, the Spirit, wants it to do in a place. Mm -hmm. And I say that clearly because I can't simply make it happen. God, the Spirit, has to. But but we can posture the church and leadership to be in, in such a way <clears throat> that the genius of people, which is God's greatest design, mm -hmm. is most mobilized to go do what God wants to do in a place. Mm -hmm. A lot more to that. Sure. But those are we'll some, of the, some of those some of the peaks. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Why uh, do you want to? Why, why did you think we should have this podcast? Because uh, we got a lot of resources out there. Loads we're working of them. in a lot of nations. Loads of them. Um, we've we've got partners all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Uh, but this is one medium we haven't used. And uh, just explain a little bit of the hearts behind why we wanted to well, do this. Well, there are English speakers all over the world that we're connected to, and we want to be able to constantly encourage, challenge, and expand their number in ways that, that make more sense than getting on an airplane mm -hmm. and traveling 12, 14 hours, spending thousands of dollars to be in a place where indigeneity, the indigenous population, doesn't really maybe need us to be there. But it would like for us to be collaborators, partners, friends, spokesmen. Mm -hmm. And so at my age, I have loads of children all over the world, spiritual children. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual that's children. an important qualification. Yeah, yes. spiritual children. People who believe that uh, I have been an articulator of something that was already in their heart. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be able to continue to speak to them. And so um, my hope is that it becomes another asset to be able to speak in shorter frames, mm -hmm. the key concepts that they can pick up and share with other English speakers. We understand it's not in, in all the indigenous languages, but uh, the English language is just about everywhere. So can, what, what can we do from a prophetic point of view, not opening the canon and speaking new things, yeah. but what can Pro we prophetic do? Prophetic meaning corrective. Uh, yeah. This is what, what the Bible do, says, this is what we're doing. What can we do to help be corrective in all these places? Mm -hmm that you're in a dead end because you're practicing church in a way that God didn't create the church to be. And so you're stymied. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm just hoping that it becomes another encouraging tool, instructive tool, expanding tool that in all the countries where we're involved. And I think, um, you know, we think we have beachhead and I don't know what the number is. You know, of 60, 60, we're, we're 60 nations of the yep. earth. And I hope before I die, we're in every one of them as a beachhead. Mm -hmm. 
because we do believe God needs that apostolic reminder and prophetic corrective. Mm -hmm. Wherever we are nationwide, pre-Christian, you have that apostolic sending uh, evangelization need. Wherever you are post-Christian, which is a lot of the world today, you got to come back around and remind the church in its second, third, and fourth generation, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, you're not here just to occupy. Their fathers understood and grandfathers and grandmothers understood they were not here to occupy. But that's what happens when church has been in a place a long time. Uh, Post-Christian means they begin to feel like occupy is what it's all about. And then nominalism sets in and pastors become frustrated, leadership becomes frustrated, and, and all of a sudden the engaging nature of the transformational reality of the gospel begins to lose traction. Right. Yeah. yeah I've heard you often say um, our emphasis is more of an apostolic outcome, a sent outcome, which yeah. you've, you've already said, um, with a corrective message. Uh, this is often what uh, church leaders leadership is doing. This is often um, how churches are operated. And you've already said it, not sinful, not necessarily wrong. Some of it can be. Some of it can be. Um, but, but that's in focus, their hearts. But, but often yeah. out of focus. Yeah. And so um, looking at the scriptures with church leaders around the world and seeing biblical convictions, yep. emphasizing those, yep. celebrating those, articulating those, and helping them uh, to the degree that we can with indigenous leaders yeah. um, help align their churches and their influence with those biblical principles. Yeah. Which God has made to rep reproduce. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it reproduces to the degree that the Holy Spirit knows it can. Right. And so we can't press any further than that reality, but we can align ourselves to be ready. Yeah. So. And there's some things that are so obvious that... I mean, how many people disagree? I've been doing this for ages, and I don't, I don't know if I, I can remember in my mind. I don't hear in my ears. Generally, people when we say, no, 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 I, I don't hear it. Right. Yeah. They, they generally agree on the surface. They're hard to uh, implement often, yeah. Yeah. and they don't come without some pain points. Yeah, of course they don't. Um, and our hope is with this podcast, we can, we can refresh some of those mm -hmm. um, concepts and convictions. We can point people to some other resources. And, and there is an audience that you mentioned of people that we we are connected with all over the world that um, we hope are encouraged and strengthened mm -hmm. and instructed. Um, but there might be a newer uh, group of people as well, church leaders, church members, um, who may be exposed to some of these things. And um, you know, why should they listen to something like this, uh, in your opinion? Yeah. Why, how, how can this type of, these type of conversations be helpful to them? Because the daily work of local leadership easily gets out of focus. The demand of people, the need to organize Sunday, you know, to figure out what you're going to preach, you know, what's the music going to be. All of those organizational issues. can be the interpersonal drama and issues and challenges. Everything else, and, yeah, yeah, that you're trying to solve. Yeah. Uh, all those things can begin to overwhelm you and you lose sight of the fact that that's not why we're here on earth. Now, those are our realities, and we have to struggle with them, and we have to find effectiveness in them. Yes, all of that. And they still need to get done to some oh, degree. Of course they do. Yeah. But some of them don't need to get done. That's fair. But, but that's not why we're here on earth. We're here on earth for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be extended to every man, woman, and child on the face of this planet. 
And so that sense of eternal destiny, it, it gets easily clouded by today's reality. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying you don't deal with today's reality. What I am saying is that you got to lift your head above the reality and remind yourself, oh, yeah, <laughs> it is about that. And, okay, well, where did I miss it and what is it? And what could I be doing better in leadership to, to not be overwhelmed by reality? How can we better organize a, the organic nature of the way God created the church in such a way that, that leadership is able to fulfill its future dynamic, mm-hmm. future thinking dynamic? There is no future if you don't think about it. Now, God has a future in spite of what we do or don't do. But a local church doesn't have a future to even think about it. Mm -hmm. And so if it gets too overwhelmed with today, then all of a sudden the very nature of the gospel and the nature of the church gets lost in the demands of today. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, okay, well. Then, then, then it becomes a reality. It's like where we are in some countries that the the church has absolutely no relationship to the lostness around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone who uh, has reflected on, implemented a lot of the convictions that we're biblical convictions that we're alluding to. Uh, I don't know how many times I've read some of these books have walked other leaders through them. Uh, and each time it is a uh, just a very gracious reminder of uh, what the task is, what our greatest assets are, mm-hmm. what the role of leadership is. And then for you personally, to me, as a mentor and friend, uh, oftentimes our conversations, uh, personal and public, <clears throat> have served as a bit of a windshield wiper Oops, for me. Uh, as uh, things can get cloudy, blurry. Um, And some people, certain personalities respond better to your dynamic, your personality, your presentation and others. For me, it's often like drinking a a Red Bull. It gets me amped. Uh, Others, other personalities might uh, might feel inflicted when they talk with you. But uh, uh, my hope and prayer is that uh, this medium may be uh, used by the Lord with conversations with you other leaders mm-hmm. um, uh, that are trying to implement some of these convictions and principles to help strengthen and encourage other church leaders and church members uh, in this way. And so I'm grateful for the time that you're taking, not only with this episode, but other episodes of this podcast. And I look forward to more conversations uh, with you. Thank you for listening to the Saturation Podcast, where we have discussions with church leaders about the life of faith and mission of the church. This podcast is produced by Saturation Church Planning. Saturation Church Planning exists to glorify God through partnering with church leaders in nations, regions, cities throughout the world towards the full evangelization of those places through the mobilization of the church. For more information, please visit scpglobal.org.